A lot of you may know Sigdrigar from the show The Last Kingdom, where he was introduced to us as a savage Viking leader who later befriended the show's protagonist, Uhtred. The real Sigdrigar, however, had much more of a deep-rooted history, being the grandson of the legendary Ivar the Boneless. He was a member of the Ui Aimar, which was a Royal Norse-scaled dynasty which ruled much of the Irish Sea region, the Kingdom of Dublin, the western coast of Scotland, and some parts of Northern England from the mid-9th century. However, today, I will be taking you to the 10th century, where battles across the British Isles were still raging on. Sitrigo was a warrior through and through, and was of the same stock as his forebears. He would still travel across the British Isles waging war, and would be crowned king of several lands. This is his story. Much of Sidriga's early life has not been documented, as Ivar the Boneless descendants were of Celtic and Norse descent. Most of the legendary sagas were written about Ivar the Boneless himself, and since his descendants settled in the lands he conquered, and never went back to Scandinavia, all we have left of them are fragmented remains from the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, the Annals of Ulster, and the Annals of the Kingdom of Ireland. In the year 902, it is unknown how old Sidrica was, although it is widely assumed he was a young man at this point. Ivar the Boneless and his descendants had made one of their bases in Dublin, but many Irish kings would come together and drive the Vikings out. King Serbal was successful, and the Norse Gaelics and Vikings would take a heavy defeat. So Sidrigo would cross the sea, and would make his way to the Danelaw, where his family still had vast influence. Historians have speculated that Ivar's descendants didn't have a unitary empire, but rather a set of lordships governed by the same dynasty and blood relatives in the family with unity depending on current circumstances. Due to this, Ivar's clan had a foothold in the Danelaw, and Sitrigur would go there and would rule for well over a decade. This would have been possible, as during this time Edward the Elder, son of Alfred the Great, was king, and England as we know it was not yet one united land, but rather a set of fragmented kingdoms. The Danelaw was seen as a godless land that was inhabited by the Vikings that had settled there after the arrival of the great heathen army, assembled by the sons of Ragnar Lothbrok, who just happened to be Sidriga's great-grandfather. The army was assembled in order to avenge Ragnar's death, so Sidriga and his clan having dominion of this land makes sense, and the Vikings inhabiting the area probably saw it the same way. Some Citric-marked coins were even found at Great Shelford and Cambridgeshire, conveying his time ruling. When the time had come, Sidrigo would amass his men, and he and his dragon-headed longships would head back to Ireland to reclaim his ancestral lands. This would culminate in the Battle of Confi in 917. According to the Annals of Ulster, this is what transpired. Sitrigo, the grandson of Ivar, landed with his fleet at the border of Leinster. Ragnall, 
another grandson of Ivar with his second fleet, moved against the enemy at Waterford. Nial, the High King of Ireland, led an army to make war on the heathens, and he halted on the 22nd of August, but the heathens came into the district on the same day. The Irish attacked them, and fought from midday until the evening. It was a shower of blood, and many great warriors fell. However, heathen reinforcements would come, and they were tremendous in number. King Nial would proceed to fight, but God prevented a slaughter. After the battle, High King Nial sent word to the men of Leinster that they should lay siege to the heathen encampment from a distance, but they were routed by Sidriga in the Battle of Sen Fuair, where over 500 men fell, and there too fell several kings and other nobles. After the battle, the immense royal fleet of Sidriga landed in Dublin and made an encampment there. Following his victory at Sen Fuair, Sitriga occupied Dublin, and it would once again become a Norse stronghold, and Sitriga would proclaim himself as king. Many of the Irish kings would plot, however, for Sitriga's downfall and the fall of the Ui Aymar dynasty in order to reclaim their ancestral lands. In the year 919, the High King Niall, who somehow survived the battle two years earlier, united a coalition of Irish kings to confront Sidriga and finally drive him out of Dublin for good. The Irish kings would confront the army of Sidriga in what is now known to history as the Battle of Islandbridge. However, although the High King Nial had brought together many kings, Sidriga and his forces would smash their army and win an overwhelming victory in which six kings of the Irish army would be slain on the battlefield, with the High King himself being amongst the fallen. The overwhelming victory secured the dominance of the Ui Aymar clan over Dublin. Sitrigo was restless, and he would once again look east to England and the Danelaw, but this time he wasn't going due to being exiled, but by his own free will. His cousin, or possibly brother Ragnall, who was also the grandson of Ivar the Boneless, was gravely ill, and called for his kin for the sake of his succession. Sitrigo would arrive in England, and would begin plundering by leading a raid in Cheshire. This, however, violated a peace agreement made between Edward the Elder, King of the Anglo-Saxons, and his kinsman Ragnall. This may have been an act of defiance, conveying that Sidrigo wouldn't submit to Edward as Ragnall had. However, Sidrigo would establish himself as the King of Jorvik and Northumbria during this time, where Edward of Wessex had no influence. The Anglo-Saxon Chronicle makes no mention of Sidrigo during the years 921 to 924, probably due to the fact that it predominantly highlights the excellence of the Anglo-Saxon kings and warriors and didn't want to exude Edward's will, not being able to overcome Sidrigas. Upon the death of Edward, his son Ethelstan would become king, and he met with Sidriga in the year 926. He gave him his sister's hand in marriage, to broker a peace, and to have more influence to the north. The marriage took place in Mercia, 
in the royal town centre at Tamworth, where it seems Sitriga converted to Christianity. Soon after, however, he renounced his wife and reverted to paganism. However, a war between Sitriga and Ethelstan is not attested to in any source. Sitriga would later die the following year, in the year 927, still young according to the annals of Ulster, and the cause of death remains unknown. Ethelstan would later become the first king of England, uniting the Danelaw and other lands to the north, and forcing all kings to heal. If he killed Sitriga due to the disrespect of abandoning his sister, then it may have been left out of all the chronicles, due to it perhaps being an assassination. Regardless, if Sitriga would have lived, he would have had to bend the knee, or would have been killed. In the last kingdom, he is represented well as a warrior king. However, his achievements on the show pale in comparison to those in real life. As a grandson of Ivar the Boneless, and a great-grandson of Ragnar Lothbrok, he indeed lived a Viking life, going to war, seizing lands, and becoming the King of Dublin, Jorvik, and Northumbria. If you enjoyed the video, make sure to like, subscribe, and share, and I'll see you all soon for another History Profile.